Arch Advocate Podcast for Tuesday, May 7th. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a big, long weekend. I did, too. Uh, the world is being run by assholes. I think I've made this point uh, excruciatingly clear. You look around and you, you think people, you know, like, you look at politicians and you have a certain expectation of, like, nobility and regal this you know they're politicians it's like you know my esteemed colleague this my esteemed colleague that and then you 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 know because of television and internet and everything you find out like oh no these are just people and just like everybody else they they have their problems they have their own inconsistencies or if you you know when you see People like, I don't know, surgeons or something. I, I One time I, uh, you know, I had injured my back when I was uh, younger. And I went in to see a doctor one time. He was a surgeon. And uh, I was sitting there in the in the little, you know, room that you sit in with your gown, with your ass sticking out of the back. And I'm sitting there by myself. You know, that uncomfortable, you're sitting in a, in a, in a doctor's room with the cold table, with the wax paper on it. And it has that hospital smell. And there's nothing to do. There's no magazines to read. You're just sitting there. This dude walks in. And immediately, he you could tell the guy was on HGH, you know, human growth hormone. You know, like he was he was a workout guy. But, you know, he had taken working out to an unhealthy place. All right. He comes in. He's wearing his he's wearing his scrubs, and he just says, "Yeah, listen, uh, you know, your back you've got you've got herniated discs, and we need to do surgery." And I said, "Oh, uh, okay, that that sounds pretty bad. Um, you know, is there is there any other options? Is there anything, you know, like uh, physical therapy? Is there you know, once you stick a knife into somebody, there's no recovering. You know." You, you might remedy the situation for a little while, but once you break the seal, you know, once, once a knife goes into your body, your body never fully recovers from that. That's why people who have back surgery have to have extra back surgery. Five years down the road, 10 years down the road. So I just said to him, like, he just comes in and says, oh, we need to do surgery. And I just said to him, okay, was there any other, I'm, I, I would really like to explore all the other options before we go to putting me to sleep and sticking knives into me. And he says, uh, well, no, there isn't. There's just surgery. And he just turns around and walks out the door. And I just thought to myself, like, wow, what if I had been somebody who was like, oh, okay, well, I mean, you're, you're a doctor. Obviously, you know better. Right? The same guy who would not stand there long enough to, to explain to me you know, to sell me on the idea of putting me to sleep, sticking knives into my back. He wouldn't take the time to do that. That same man, if I had been somebody else, this same guy with the same attention to detail would have been the one performing the surgery on my back. I can only assume he would have just gone in, opened me up, tinkered around a little bit and said, oh, listen, man, I've got, you know, I've, you know, I've got chest... I've got chest and abs in a half an hour. I need to hurry up. Douchebag. Douchebag. 
This is who people are. I've told you this before. I was a licensed commodity trader. And when I would introduce myself to people or when other people would introduce me to other people, it was commodity trader. And immediately people would assign respect to me. It was the most amazing thing ever. Because what these people didn't know is I didn't even graduate high school technically. I did graduate high school, but it not in the conventional way. I ever tell you that story? So I was joined, I joined the Marine Corps when I was 17. And uh, back then, and I think still to this day, in order to get into the Marine Corps, you cannot have a GED. You have to have graduated high school. You can't be a dropout. Have to graduate high school. Have, you cannot have a GED. So in the state of California, there's an option where uh, in order to graduate high school, you have to have 400 class hours of high school, right? 100 hours for each year. And you have to, you know, pass the SAT or whatever. Whatever the, the final exam is. And so the Marine Corps had it set up to where they would pay off the balance of your high school. And I had, you know, um, the majority of my senior year left. So it was like 100 hours. And in California, you could buy back the hours at $5 an hour. So it was, the Marine Corps paid $500 for me and sent me, uh, got me prepared to take the test. And they paid for that too. And then I took the test and I, I, you know, graduated high school. That is literally how I graduated high school. So when I say technically and fundamentally, like, uh, technically I did graduate high school, but fundamentally I did not. Does that make sense? And here I was, I don't know, seven years later, right? A little over seven years later. And people are looking at me like, oh, you must be, you know, a super smart person. It's like, no, I mean, not according to the paperwork. According to the paperwork, I'm a big dummy. But I am really smart. I just, I'm not smart in the way that you think people are smart. I got one, I got, I'm a one trick pony, people. I work hard. That's it. I work hard because I have to. Because I'm not, you know what I mean? Like it takes me a long time to learn certain, well, not everything. Technical stuff, long time. I have a really long learning curve when it comes to learning internet-y stuff. Other stuff, I'm, I'm pretty quick. Learning how to fix things, build engines, that sort of thing. I, I pick that stuff up quick. Internet, oof, not so much. And, you know, I have a certain love of uh, numbers uh, and, and, and unhealthy addiction to numbers. But anyways, people would, I would, I would think, I, I remember that. I remember thinking like, well, if people look at me like I'm some sort of, you know, noble, you know, guy who, who knows things, I wonder if people just assign that to other people based on their title, like doctor or minister, right? Pastor, priest, or, you know, congressperson, senator, president, attorney, attorney general, attorney this, attorney that, you know? I wonder if people just 
are doing the same thing that they're doing to me right now. Because clearly these people, if they only knew, they wouldn't be treating me with such respect. They wouldn't be asking me these kind of questions. You know? It, it, it's amazing. And then when, and when I look around and I see, okay, here's, here's uh, you know, that, the Captain Caveman, the, the congressperson from Texas, who literally looks like Captain Caveman, says the stupidest things. And then there's people, and this is why, like, if you ever wonder, like, where this comes from like how could a guy like that how could people take that man seriously and the reason why is is because he has a title congressman you look at alexandria ocasio-cortez and the reason you, you you look at why is it that people pay attention to this person this human why is anybody giving her the time of day she spews just incoherent nonsense and there's a certain segment of society that gobbles it up they just soak it right in and they say oh look how smart she is and the reason why is because she now has a title in front of her name congresswoman ilhan omar rashida talib nancy pelosi diane feinstein these people they have titles and we, as, as the human condition, like this, uh, this is something that I, I, I believe goes down into, the, into your DNA. We ought, when somebody says, I, am, I, I, I have this title, I have this authority, doctor, for example, uh, commodity trader, broker, whatever. There's just something that says, oh, okay, well then, you know, in us, in all of us, this is okay, well then I must be able to trust you since society has given you this title. It's erroneous. It's erroneous thinking. Why did I just tell, tell you all that stuff? Because of this George Papadopoulos story. I'm going to tell you something. You need to look closely at this story because there's something about the reality of the world that we live in that's in this story and it comes to who these spies were. If you haven't heard already, George Papadopoulos was in London when uh, either the CIA or the FBI commissioned a, 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 an operation to spy on him by using um, a former Australian spy who then got into politics and I think he was like he was some big shot, like not like like higher than congressperson, like the equivalent, higher than congressperson. He was a big shot, and he was a spy for for many many years. And he was the the the, the sort of head of this operation. And this guy sent what's called a honeypot. For those of you who watch Archer, you know what that is. It's where they they send you a um, a sex kitten, right? They send you a sexy girl. And if you listen to George Papadopoulos' story, here's how it went. The spies told him, hey, listen, uh, I want to meet with you. Come to London. And, and But first, I need you to meet my assistant. She's going to get some details or whatever. She's going to meet you at this uh, bar or restaurant or whatever. And uh, just meet with her, and then we'll, you know, we'll meet up later. 
So he says, all right, I mean, yeah, that sounds like the normal course of doing business. All right. Nothing weird there. And then he goes to this meeting with the, the dude's assistant. And it turns out this lady is um, uh, high on the attractiveness scale. An eight and a half, a nine. She's like 30 years old. So, I mean, she loses a few points for uh, her fading youth. Right? But she's hot. And she, you know, she's wearing a hot, a slinky dress. And she is overtly uh, flirtatious. And she's going to great lengths to let George Papadopoulos know that she is single and she is down to bone. She's ready to go. She's hot. She's in heat. She's in season. She wants the D, yo. Okay? Now listen, all of you, all of you, man or woman, if you're listening to this right now, you know that there is a natural order to things. Women do not do that in the regular world. That's not something that happens. And if you're a woman listening, let me, ex let me explain something to you as a man. That doesn't happen, right? Um, it, it happens a little bit when you're in your teens and, and 20s, you know, and you've, you know, you're good looking, you got all your hair still and you're in shape and that sort of thing. It happens. But even then when it happens, it's like, I, I don't think, I don't think I want to have sex with a girl that's coming on to me this strong, having just met. Because if she's that loose, chances are like, you know, when she pulls her panties down, there's going to be a dirty toilet underneath there. Just a disgusting cesspool of disease and filth. And I don't want anything to do with that. It's uncomfortable. Like, like I remember, listen, I was a good looking kid when I was in, in the Marine Corps. Had everything going to me. There were, going for me. Like, uh, there were times, there were a, a number of instances where that sort of thing did happen. And it was a huge turnoff. It's like gross. Like, I need to pursue the thing. I don't want it chasing me. Because if you're, like, for a woman to do that, it's like, okay, if you're doing that with me, then you do that whenever the spirit moves you. Which could be unlimited. Which means there's, there's I don't know how many ding-dongs have been in your ho-ho. You know what I mean? I don't want that. It's gross. So, right? I just wanted to set your mind. Like, think about that. Like if, if a woman is doing that to you, if you're a man listening, if, if, if a woman does that to you, you're immediately thinking to yourself, like something is up. I'm not a movie star. This girl doesn't know me. You know, like why is she behaving this way? There must be something wrong with her. Because I'm not, you know, like if, if that happens to Tom Cruise or, you know, Slash from Guns N' Roses or, you know... Kid Rock or Eminem or, you know, these people. It's like, if it happens to them, that's understandable because they are super famous. But if you're just a normal person, if that happens to you, you're thinking to yourself, okay, there's something wrong here. Any normal person would think that. So here's George Papadopoulos, a successful young man, for sure, but not famous. He's not famous for anything. Nobody knows who he is. 
He goes into this room and this attractive lady wearing a slinky dress is saying, I want a bone. I want a bone. By the way, do you know anything about the Russians and the Donald Trump campaign working together? Let's fudge. Let's do this. Did you bring some, did you bring some condoms? Hey, what do you know about Russia and Donald Trump? Huh? Are you a boobs man? You a butt man? What do you like? You like red lipstick? Black lipstick? Do you know anything about the uh, Trump campaign working with the Russians? It's like, wait a minute. This is the real world of the spy world. It's being run by a bunch of assholes. Because if that was you, if that was you, whoever you are, right? I know who my audience is. You know, I got, I got young people listening. I got people my age. I got people a little bit older. It doesn't matter. Like, if you're, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're still young and you got the, you know, good looks of your youth, you know, you still have all your hair and all that stuff, you know damn well. If that were to happen to you, you'd be thinking, like, what's, this is, this is weird. Why are you, do, why are you behaving this way? This is who the spy world is. It's a bunch of idiots. So George Papadopoulos is looking at this lady going, okay, lady, all right, I don't know what's going on yet. Because remember, this is all happening before there was any, there was no such thing as Russia collusion back then. This is, he's being broadsided <clears throat> by this thing and he looks at the situation and he talks about it in his book. He's like, yeah, okay, this is weird. I don't know what's happening here, but whatever it is, it's weird. And I don't want to do it. So he rejects her. And then the next day, her boss comes in. He's this dude from Australia. Now get this. He's sitting across the table from George Papadopoulos. And he's there uh, under the pretense of he's going to hire George Papadopoulos to write a paper about, you know, uh, Mediterranean oil and whatever. And he, you picture this, he's sitting across the table, he's actually sitting kind of next to him, but across the table, and he keeps asking him questions about, do you know anything about the Russians having emails uh, on Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or whatever? And as he's asking these questions, he's holding up his phone, Right? He's recording him. He's holding up his, he's asking him questions and holding up his phone. This is a super spy. You want to know, like we watch movies like 007, you know, James Bond movies, and we watch Jack Bauer on 24, and we watch, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Jason Bourne, and the, you know, the Bourne movies. And we think like, oh, that's what spies are like. And it's like, no, actually, they're just douchebags. This guy that this guy that was trying to press George Papadopoulos is is and was for a long time. He is a professional spy to one of the most powerful nations on the planet, Australia. This is the extent of their professionalism. Do you understand me? Do you understand what I'm getting at? The world is being run by douchebags this guy's a spy and he's holding up his phone to george papadopoulos's face and saying what do you know about the russians what do you know about hillary clinton what do you know about donald trump it's like this is your spy this is what you're doing to spy 
Are you Mr. Bean? Is Mr. Bean sitting across from me right now spying on me? Because this is some next level retarded bullshit. This is who's running the world, people. These assholes. You want to know who's running the world? Captain Caveman from, I think, San Antonio. Nancy Pelosi. Maxine Waters is the chairman of the House Finance Committee. Think about that. You think that you think you look around and you think that smart people are running the world? I assure you. Let me. I'll give you. I've 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 talked about this book before. There, there's a book called uh, "Mark Rich and the Ten Billion Dollar Scam." You should. I'm not going to get into it, but you should read that book because it'll tell you who's actually running the world. Right. Like when you see economists on TV and they're talking about what the economy is doing and how that's significant, those are always old men because that's what old men do. They sit around and they judge things. Oh, this is what the economy is doing, so this is what it can mean. But way before they got those numbers, there were actions being taken, deals being brokered, right? Venezuelan oil is not, is not being purchased at the same rate that it used to be. Saudi Arabian oil and uh, oil from the United States, at, on the ground level, somebody has to broker those sales, each one of them. Every time oil is sold, that's, it's not just on a loop. People have, to, people have to get in there and make those deals. Those people who make those deals are the people who, who tell you how much you're going to pay for a gallon of gasoline. It all starts on the ground, and those people are men and women, usually in their mid-20s, and they're all high on cocaine. Cocaine has been fueling the business world for since the 70s. You think I'm kidding. I'm telling you, it's not. The, the world is not being run by noble, astute men and women. It's being run by coked-out assholes. The people who are running the spy community, it's not like you see in movies and TV. It's just like, like the real spies. If you want to see what those people actually look like, you have to go read George Papadopoulos' book. He talks about it. Those, that's what spying looks like. And if you were sitting in a, you know, in a cafe in London and some super hot girl comes up to you and says, hey, you want to touch my, my hoo-hoo? Hey, what do you think of these boobies? What do you know about the Russian emails on Hillary Clinton? It's like, what? What? Like, you, you, you might get lost in the fantasy for a few seconds, but you'd wake up pretty quick. You'd be like, what the hell is good? What kind of rookie is this? Is this opening day? You know what I mean? Like, what, what kind of rookie bullshit is this? Did, are you new? Am I such a loser that, that, the, that the CIA sent the new guy? What's wrong with you? Get out of here, lady. By the way, George Papadopoulos' his wife. Whoa. She's on She's on 10 and she's tilting the scales. Good for you, Mr. Papadopoulos. Good on you. Good for you. Anyways. Look, don't get it twisted, man. The world's being run by assholes. Just don't be an asshole. Right? Don't vote for assholes and don't get caught up in the mystique is my point. 
you only think that politicians are good people. If you go back and read like who Benjamin Franklin like was in his personal life, Thomas Jefferson, you know, you read about George Washington, like who he was in his personal like as a man, like who he was. He was a great man, but he was grumpy because he was always in pain. So he was kind of a grumpy Gus. <sighs> Very much so. And my point in telling you that is like, look, look, don't, 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 you know, don't do it. Just look at him, at, you know, like Eric Swalwell, for example. It's like, what a piece of shit. Like, why are you focusing more on on exhibiting your the fact that you're a piece of shit? Look, everybody's got their flaws, right? The idea is to not put them on display. You know, if somebody wants to see them, they have to, you know, they have to get close to you. But, like, don't don't celebrate it. These people are celebrating the fact that they're assholes and they're obstructionists. You know, it, it's it's funny. It's, it, the reason I'm talking about it is not because I'm frustrated. It's because it's funny. It is funny. Captain Caveman and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez... Maxine Waters are people who are literally in positions of a great deal of power. That's hilarious. How did these retards get there? How did these retards get there? It's amazing. How is this guy that was going after George Papadopoulos is like, oh, so you're, you're one of the, in the spy community, you're one of the most respected spies who is still alive? You? You're sitting there with a phone in my face, recording my conversation, asking me a bunch of questions about the Russians? Are you retarded? Have, were you huffing paint before you came in here? Are you high? This is your super, this is James Bond. You're James Bond, huh? Okay. Anyways, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Did you guys ever see that movie? That's what we're living in. Mad world. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Uh, donate money at uh, paypal.me slash archadvocate if you would. That's it for today. I will keep you in my prayers and we will talk to you tomorrow.